Hi, I'm Tom Marks with the Marks Law Firm and welcome to the Healthy Family Law Attorney. Today, we're gonna to talk about the Florida Supreme Court form for relocation and long distance parenting plan. Okay, so this is a form that the Florida Supreme Court has put out. It's similar to the standard parenting plan form, but it's got some additional features because of some of the unique differences between a relocation or a long distance parenting plan and a regular one. Okay, so before we dive in, because your family matters, I wanna provide hope and help to your family to successfully navigate the family law process in a healthy way. If you've seen any of my prior videos, you may have seen I did already a video on the, the standard parenting plan. So I'm not gonna go into a lot of the factors under the, the statute that form the basis of it because they're the same for the long distance or the relocation parenting plan. I'm gonna get into the differences. I also wanna point out that I've also done a prior video on the time sharing or what people refer to as custody factors that the court has to consider when formulating a parenting plan or awarding time sharing or custody. Those are under Florida statute 61.13 and there's sub factors A through T. I did a four part series on that. If you go back in my playlist, you'll find that. Those give you the precise factors that the court's gonna look at in order to put together the parenting plan. But oftentimes the court wants the attorney and or the client to put together a proposed parenting plan so you're gonna fill it out. So today we're gonna to go through that long distance or relocation parenting plan. Let's start with the beginning. Let's look at the first page. These are the instructions for the relocation slash long distance parenting plan. And it talks about a lot of the e-filing requirements and so forth. Then we get into the second page, which if you'll look at it, it gives you a lot more instruction and also talks about some special notes there regarding the relocation slash long distance parenting plan. And then the third page gets into all the factors I mentioned previously, which are in the statute A through T that you'll find in a prior video I did. All right, let's look at page four. It continues on with those factors and gets into a disclosure requirement if you're having a non-lawyer help you draft this parenting plan, that non-lawyer, like a paralegal service or um, another professional, whether it's a family friend, a CPA, whatever, they have to sign that designation that they assisted as a non-lawyer. Otherwise, it's the unlicensed practice of law, which is not legal in Florida. All right, let's look at the next page. This is the start of the actual relocation long distance parenting plan. Again, these will be all the standard factors and you're gonna include the names of the parties and the children's names. It's gonna get into jurisdiction, which is obviously the state of Florida if you're doing it here. And then it's gonna get into shared parental responsibility versus sole parental responsibility. I did a lot of discussion in my prior video on this. So I'm, I'm gonna move on and point out more of the differences in this parenting plan rather than the standard form parenting plan. So let's look at the next several pages. They're again, similar to the standard form. And this is where I think 
we really need to discuss the differences with a long distance or a relocation plan. So under timesharing, a lot of the timesharing plans they provide here, whether it's weekday or weekend, are not feasible. It's just not workable. If you're hundreds of miles apart, like I have a current case that is going to go to trial in uh, next month, that one of the parties lives up in the New York area and one of the parties lives in the Carolinas. So there's going to have to be probably a 10-hour car ride for the kids to exercise timesharing, or there's going to have to be airline tickets for the kids. Okay, so you really need to think that through and figure out a timesharing plan that's going to work. So this form also includes the standard holidays, standard summer, spring break, and that kind of stuff. In a long distance plan, in order to try to get more time to the non-residential parent, you're gonna have to find places where you can get big chunks of time. Even if you give the non-residential parent the vast majority of the summer, let's say you're 10 weeks off for the kids in the summer and you give eight or nine weeks to the non-residential parent. And let's say you give all of spring break, uh, a good portion of Thanksgiving, at least half or more of Christmas, the non-residential parent is still going to have a really hard time getting more than 20% of overnights. And I've talked about this in a prior video also about child support. The number of overnights is a significant factor in the child support guidelines and calculating the amount of child support. So the less overnights the non-residential parent has, the more child support they'll pay. But it's, it's nearly impossible to get 50-50 time sharing in a long distance or relocation parenting plan. I have seen situations where the minor child or children fly every other weekend or every holiday or the entire summer. Um, I think that's really hard on children. You have to think through that really carefully. So the timesharing formulas and schedules in this parenting plan are not going to get the non-residential parent anywhere near substantial timesharing with the minor children. And that's something you have to consider when there's a relocation. I have not yet done a video on the relocation statute, but I'll just tell you, you cannot relocate more than 50 miles from your current residence once the timesharing schedule is in place, unless you have written consent of the other parent or you've got to get a court order. And how you get that and the case law and that and what you have to show um, I'll have to put together a whole nother video just on that. Okay, so let's look at the portion of this long distance relocation parenting plan that really differs from the standard form parenting plan. Okay, so let's look at Roman numeral eight, subparagraph four. This is about airplane and other public transportation in order to effectuate the time sharing. This is not in the standard form plan because there's no reason for it. The parties live within 50 miles of each other. Everything's gonna be by car across town. Could be, you know, an hour drive getting across town. So it still does not require any type of necessarily 
airline or public transportation. So you have to think about a lot of the details with public or airline transportation. First of all, who's going to pay it? How many times a year is it going to take place? How expensive is it going to be? How difficult is it going to be for the children? What are the ages of the children? What are the rules of the airlines? What if the airlines don't allow children under a certain age without a parent accompanying them? Who's going to pay for uh, the non-residential parent or the other parent accompanying the minor child or children? So there's a lot of questions surrounding this portion of the relocation long distance parenting plan. So this form gives a lot of options. Let's look at it. For A, B, and C, talk about the various ages of the child and how the child is permitted to fly. Subsection D is other, so it gives you some flexibility to put in specific provisions that you may want to have, whether it's a family member flying with the child, somebody in particular, like a grandmother, grandfather, aunt, uncle, brother, sister kind of thing, or whether you're going to have a nanny or somebody travel with the child. Some people do. So subparagraph five talks a lot about the cost, as we mentioned previously here. And so you need to really consider carefully how that's going to be done because it's going to create a lot of additional cost and who's going to pay it. Is the non-residential parent going to have to pay that? So are they going to get credits on the child support? Is the residential parent or the one that the child is with most of the year going to pay for that because they were awarded that privilege of having the child with them during the school year? There are some other options too that you can consider. I don't know that I necessarily recommend these, but you can alternate years. One year uh, the child is with one parent, the next year with the non-residential parent. Uh, that gets hard on the child or the children. That means they're changing uh, schools. What about their friends? They go back and forth um, each year, year to year. So that, that's difficult. Some parents do homeschool. Um, that could make it a little bit easier. So there's a lot of considerations here with the relocation long distance parenting plan. I think what you have to really consider first of all is what is in the best interest of the minor children? How are they going to maintain a relationship with both parents? Certainly with the parent that has them during the majority of the school year. And what about the other parent that primarily sees the child or children only on holidays, school breaks, and summer. I really recommend that the two parents really talk this through and if at all possible, work this out by agreement. That way they're co-parenting, they're working with each other, and that's in the best interest of the minor child. However, I know unfortunately, because the minor children are priceless and both parents want as much time as possible with the minor children. And of course, if they relocate, that's going to significantly affect the relationship or at least the amount of time that the non-residential parent has with the minor children. So these cases most often go to court. It's a tough decision for the court. I will shoot a future video on 
the actual statute of relocation and how the court makes that decision. There's been a lot of changes in this area of law over the years. And so it's somewhat of a complicated and tortured past, but I'm happy to go over it. Um, if anyone's interested in hearing about that, let me know, put a comment down below. Um, I hope this video has been uh, of some help to you. It's at least put this on the radar for you if it's a possibility, some things to think about. If the videos uh, helped you at all, hit that like button. I'd really appreciate that. And of course, and also subscribe to the channel and hit that bell icon so you can receive all future videos. I'm doing the legal videos on Wednesdays and also interviews on Friday. Some of the interviews have been really good and I hope uh, everyone's enjoyed them. So thanks for being part of the channel and I will see you next time.